Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think that's how like white people's genetics are so weak. Like they get like one generation incest, you get a fucking dud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with the rest of us, we're like, don't fuck your sibling. Don't that's, yeah. Don't go there. <laughs> like a cousin, sure, but a sibling, that's like no no man. Like, yeah, no you're man's being territory. you're being fucking weird, dog. Just go find <laughs> find your sexiest cousin. Dog. Cousin. <laughs> what are you doing? Bang, 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 skeet, skeet, skeet. You know what it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that ASAP Rocky cheating on Rihanna is the exact healing that this world needed. Everything was chaos before this. Everything. Wars. Famine, those Balenciaga sneakers, everything was hell. But now that ASAP is going back and doing ASAP shit and Rihanna can can be a free thought out in the world, we can finally come back together as a unit, as a community. This is the conspiracy I'm throwing. I'm spreading this for you. I'm your host, Langston Kerman, as always, coming in spicy, motherfuckers. You know how I misbehave. Don't ask me to change. I refuse. This is my personality all the time. But you know who doesn't come in spicy, or at least not. Maybe he does. I actually don't know if that's a fair assessment. <laughs> I have a, a strong feeling that my guest today, in fact, is a spicy motherfucker who does come in hot. But I'm excited that he's here because he, because he's hilarious. He, you know him from so many things. You know him from his stand-up. You know him from his work on Shrill, his work on Dollface, his work on High Fidelity. And most importantly, you know him from his brand new podcast with Team Coco called The Juice. Please give it up for my guest, Mr. Solomon Giorgio. <laughs> 
Ace, I can't believe you just said Ace. All right. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's fine. I agree. You I agree. agree? Okay. I we got Rihanna, a winner. To be fair, Rihanna should be single. Uh, at least not with ASAP Rocky. There. That's, you don't want Rihanna in a relationship. That's not the Rihanna we signed up for. Well, the hottest billionaire in the fucking planet. Yeah, you let that be free. You know, like, like at least like, 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 like one bar above ASAP Rocky, she should at least be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, and I don't know what that is because he's a gorgeous man, and and he seems like a silly Billy, but but yeah, you can't you can't lock up Rihanna. Like, I feel like she should, like, it's like a Maurice Chestnut, a young Maurice Chestnut. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna invents time travel and gets a young <laughs> Maurice Chestnut to uh, finally be the one man who can lock her down. The conspiracy theory I'm willing to get behind. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, we can't talk about Rihanna and, and her unfortunate situation anymore. We We have... We have very important conversation to d- yes. dig into today because you came with a conspiracy theory. I'm mm-hmm. very excited about it. I'm really excited that you came with this. Yes. And it's not one that I had ever considered seriously before today. So this is why it's exciting. You said, my mama told me. Wakanda is real. Yes, but uh, the way I believe in it is not the standard Wakanda from Black Panther. I think there is a Wakanda, but I think it's white people hiding geranium. <laughs> Whoa. That's what I I believe. Because the way I watched that movie, it was like, wow, you guys really did a great job of blaming black people for hiding uh, the one thing that would cure all the world's problems. <laughs> yeah. And you're saying that that, in fact, there is a a resource Already in existence that <laughs> yes. that would cure our problems and white people have it. Yes. In Africa, too. Tell me more. I, I, I don't know enough. So tell me everything. Oh, there's a white panther. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> His name is Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there's some like, if anything, I believe that there's like Wakanda to me is just a sort like it's a heaven, a heavenly place in Africa that's hiding a important resource. And I can't, I can, like, I feel like there's probably, like, known places in Africa, but I feel like there's one hard-to-find, undiscovered spot, because Africa's fucking big as fuck. And I yeah. white people found a resource there that can really help everybody out, and they're just covering it up. Whoa. Do, do you Is have it multiple a... governments? It's, I'm going to narrow it down to the Dutch, because why not? They, they created slavery. <laughs> sure. They, they really were uh, fucking uh, on the forefront of, yeah. uh, of ruining generations yeah. of people's lives. And Elon Musk. He's definitely... Yeah. He's definitely in charge of some sort of fucked up shit. Not a cool guy. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to blame him for not saving the world in many ways, including a secret stash in a place called... I think they made it... They call it Wakanda as an insult to black people when they found out about the real the Wakanda in the comic book. Oh, so you think... Uh, let's, let, me, let me track everywhere that we're going in this conversation mm-hmm. because all of this is very exciting for me. You think that that the the Wakanda of legend, the Wakanda of at least comic book lore, is a almost red herring that this is a yes. a trick to distract us from the actual resource that does exist that could solve our problems, and it's more it's an intentional move to make us go ah oh, fictitious silly that couldn't happen when in fact it is happening, but yeah. white people are in charge of it. 
my brain was very real. White people are holding it back. Damn. What do you think? And I love this. I love where we're going with this. What do you think they, why hold it? Why be so intentionally like a hoarder with this thing? Because it's not like we're in a state with the planet anymore where like, it's a smart move to be holding on to the fix to the, to this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like what is what's what what where you make more money on the cure or the disease? Make more money on the disease. So, mm. Like you you can't use like it's a last minute option for the rich because right now they're fine. Like right. the planet destroyed like being gone in fifty years. I don't mean jack shit to people that are gonna live for twenty thirty years. Sure. So it's like oh, I'm gonna get my bread, and whether mm. y'all get this vibranium or not. That that has nothing to do with me because I'm getting hair plugs, baby. I'm chilling. Well, they're, I think they're waiting for like a full on riot from the people. And that's when that shit will just randomly pop up. Oh, so like at the point that we are on the brink of sort of like world ending chaos. Oh, yeah. They, when we're, they will when use that for healing. Mm-hmm. When somebody's got like when somebody's like when a bunch of us are like holding the president down. And about to pop up his head. <laughs> That's when they're like, you know what? Y'all ever heard of Vibranium? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that Ryan Coogler movie? <laughs> well, ours is different. We're listening. <laughs> Take put put the gu- guillotines away. Let's let's hear them out. All right, we, we, we're listening. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, aliens are real. <laughs> I mean, to to that point. And I I don't know that I can speak from any position of uh, validating vibranium itself, but we have seen historically times where resources were withheld intentionally for the sake of profit. Right. It's not always uh, clear. You know, they, they come up with a lot of different excuses, rather, as to why they needed to be withheld previous to this point. But we do see resources intentionally go unchecked for a while and vibranium to your point might might be it might fall under that window well i think especially like I've, like out of the french revolution rich white people got a little wiser on mm-hmm. how to manipulate just manipulate poor people against poor people but eventually the poor people get wise enough and revolution is going to happen again and i think this time this is their uh their backup before they get their heads chopped off yeah I and, and I mean, I think the French Revolution is a great example of like white people having to learn that lesson. Like mm-hmm. they were literally eating liquid gold in front of the poor and being like, why y'all ain't got no gold? <laughs> and then the poor people were like, bitch, why don't we have any gold? And then murdered oh them. <laughs> and so to your point, now we learn, we go, oh, I, I got to chill. I'm. I'm going to stop eating the gold. I'm going to I'm going to pretend like we all are going through the same thing, even though we're not. Yeah. But now they're being they're getting that cavalierness. And I assume that for me, that means there's a resource somewhere and it is their idea of what Wakanda is. It might not be called Mm. Wakanda. I feel like they would still do that (laughs) because billionaires are weird like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way Bezos is like being humble about it and like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to call it something else. He's like, I'm going to call it what the fuck I want to call it. Listen, and they also like they do a great job at pointing out that the black that in in the in Black Panther they do a great job of calling out how the black American mindset is the poisonous mindset. Like Killmonger was such was so quickly mm. to be villainized for pointing out that hey, you didn't help American black people, and it's like okay, and now he's the enemy. I see, I see what's going on in the movie. <laughs> mm. Wait, so in that film, because I've I've had very mixed feelings throughout about who was the villain and who was mm-hmm. the the hero for you. Killmonger remained the villain. No, he was not the villain. 
you're saying he's not it, that it was he he was asking for them to spread their resources yes everywhere that's how i felt where it was well no like, yeah he should he was he was right to point out that this should have been done before i even showed up here mm-hmm. that's why I, like that's who i that's why i agree with him fully but also the movie did a good job at making that the villain which should not have been the villain that's the right mind killmonger is the right mindset to have yes yeah no his approach was uh not okay <laughs> you bad approach but eric Eric, you can't behave that way, Eric. But on the other hand, I do think his logic was coming from a pretty sound place of like, motherfucker, y'all could cure everything that's wrong mm-hmm. with the world and you're keeping it for like 88 uh, Africans in a, yes. in a bubble. There was like 200. That's... All right. Well, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I watched the movie enough times. Like I actually got this mindset through David Bory because we, we, he was, uh, at first I was like, that seems cute. Give give something for the African di- diaspora in this country. And he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, shit. He's like, this is what's wrong with that movie. <laughs> Whoa, Bori was at the forefront of being like, nah, yeah. this isn't okay. That's not how it is. That's not how it should be. <laughs> I do think, as you're sort of talking this through, it is it is reminding me that we are also in this period where the billionaires are attempting to uh, to colonize space. You know what I mean? That like the Elon yeah. Musk of the world, the Jeff Bezos, that motherfucker from Virgin, they're all in in the middle of like creating their own space programs and going out to the fucking moon and shit. And some of me wonders if maybe to your point, that resource that they're sitting on is going to be such a utility that they are not afraid of the potential repercussions of being in a place where a vacuum where they don't have the essential resources of the planet. I don't, I think all these, all these white mother, right. Like, I don't think, I think they know that they're not going to live in space. I think what they're mm. doing is just, just stunting on us, really. Also, oh. they, don't, they don't even go to space. They just brush the atmosphere and come back down. Yeah, they just go where it stops being blue and gets a little blue yeah. black. And then they, <laughs> they like fall back down. Like that's not that's not space travel. That's you just going to be like, ooh, it's getting a little chilly. Now let's go let's go back home. Yeah, for a while, I think uh, to your point, uh, a part of me was really worried about like, oh no, this this pending space race and like all the things that are coming. And then William Shatner went up there, and I was mm-hmm. like, nah, we'll be fine. That motherfucker is ninety nine years old. It it truly cannot be as scary and dangerous as they're well, suggesting. Also- Everything is uninhabitable. There's nothing about anywhere near us that can be like turned into anything for like hundreds of years. We can't yeah. do shit. <laughs> like so unless unless you're sitting on uh some version of vibranium that allows you to do exactly that. That is true. And that is where my conspiracy comes in, and I should believe in it. <laughs> yeah, you really bailed on your own conspiracy pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, I've bailed on a hundred ideas many times, and I'll do it again. <laughs> I don't believe in myself. <laughs> Let me ask you this before we go to break. I, I'm curious to hear this. Was the prompting of this theory for you the movie itself or reading the comics, or was this something that came from a different source like is this mm-hmm. something you've believed for a it's, longer time it's sort of like a combination of ideas and like but like it's like based on like just this doing the show and then just me wanting to like this is something like i kind of have like 
I formed it together and I believed it because it's like, it's, I, even though it's not true, there's a variation of it that is true. Yes. So that's like, those only conspiracy theories I will willingly deal with. Like, I just like, if it's, it's, if it's ridiculous, I'm like, uh, I'm out. But I can't believe that I don't believe in the Illuminati. I know we know every rich person that, and like every rich person with mm. all the power, we know who they are. They're not, yeah, they're, yeah, not yeah. they're not secret. <laughs> like, right. Like, we see them manipulate and put money in the way they want to put it in. Like, but I do know that, like, when it comes to resources, that's what has to be kept secret. Yeah. I, and I will say to that point, we do know every rich person, but I think part of where I start to, and I don't necessarily know that I'm bought in on the Illuminati per se, but I am bought in on the idea of secret meetings and sort of yeah. like intentionally private conversations that then become public problems, if that makes sense. And so for me, yes. it's less of me presuming that they like put on cloaks and like sit around a big fucking candle and, you know, drink baby blood. But I do think that they very well do like buy some office yeah. or, or meet in some office in the sky that none of us can afford to be in yeah. and have a real conversation where they go, well, who are we going to kill this year? And they go, yeah, let's let's aim at the the medium skin niggers this time. And, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, whatever the fuck uh, that conversation looks like. <laughs> <laughs> we got medium all the dark skin. ones out the way. Let's uh, let's get those mediums. Look, as a midtone, I'm very afraid when they start <laughs> focusing. <in> on <laughs> we're all we're light... all gonna get shot at eventually. Look, uh, the, the war between the light skins and the dark skins has like lo- the midtones have been lost in it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and when people start focusing on us, that's when it's real dangerous. Uh, that's when it gets bad. <laughs> you guys are the majority. Somebody, you get you got to stand up for something. Yes. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Solomon Giorgio and more My Mama Told Me. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And we are back. <laughs> yeah, we're back here with more Solomon Giorgio. More my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that there is a Wakanda out there, but not the Wakanda you were thinking of. It's more of a white Wakanda. And that is Solomon's pitch. And I don't know. I truly don't know. Do you think... That in this white conda, in this sort, this sort of like sourcing of of stuff, do you think that they that there are people that live there? Is it like a white nation, or are they are there black people there and they're just oh, mining there's black this people shit? there. I don't think there's a white nation. And would like white people want, like if they're hiding a resource, they're not going to do the work of uh, maintaining it. <laughs> right. <ridiculous>. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're going to do our own work for once? I don't know. Yeah, the De Beers company wasn't exactly uh, (laughs) digging the holes themselves, you know? No, I do believe, yeah, there's black people there that were just born there and, like, probably generations now that are just, like, waking up every day and being whatever, doing the work that they're supposed to do because... But I think probably treat them better than the standard slaves in the past. I feel like there's some sort of slavery still happening in Africa that's white-controlled. Hmm, that makes sense. There's lots of slavery happening in Africa that's (laughs) white-controlled. Sure. I I mean, look, Slavery, apparently, there's more slaves today than there was during the transatlantic slave trade. So, you know, we didn't beat the game. We just uh, <laughs> changed the rules of the game and made it a lot weirder. We moved it away. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we don't see it as often anymore. <laughs> that's the trick. If you don't see it, it never happened. <laughs> and truly, and that's that's what it means to be an American. At its <laughs> core, I, I believe that, that if you don't see it, that ain't your problem. It's a exactly. it's a beautiful uh, slogan that we should put on one of the lines on the flag. I think. <laughs> it didn't happen here, so it never did happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit about this Wakanda thing and, and specifically the research that I did. I approached it very differently than I think your theory. And I love your theory, mm-hmm. but I'll still unpack some of the yeah. research that I did and see if some of this perhaps crosses over for you. One of the things that I tried to think about is, is there in fact a nation in Africa, specifically a nation that that feels closest to Wakanda, right? To the, the Wakanda of fiction. And there have only actually been two African countries in history that have never been fully colonized two that's fucking crazy i'm from one of them (laughs) 
Okay, so <laughs> number one, Ethiopia, Ethiopia. <laughs> is is one of the two, and then Liberia is the other one that that yes. uh, remains untouched by the white devil, yes. at least. And untouched is is a little bit of a heavy word because it, it's been touched, but they didn't get yeah. to keep the motherfucker. Yeah, we were, we were occupied during World War II by Italy, but we're the, one of the oldest civilizations in Africa, but yet we are still the, one of the ones that were never colonized. Yeah, Liberia is created by the Pan-African movement. So there's a lot of uh, Black Americans that came in and settled and made Liberia. So it's actually the newest of the African nations. Oh, I didn't know that. Every time I hear Liberia, I just think of Liberian Girl by Michael Jackson. And that song, uh, that song's <laughs> beautiful, you know? So I figured, I figured, yeah, the white man was like, we can't touch that. Michael, Michael made it sound so pretty. We'll leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I think it's like, uh, yeah, Pan African Movement. Uh, fuck, I feel so bad because it is actually an integral civil rights leader that I forgot the name of, and I'm sure somebody who listens to podcasts be like, nigga, you should have known better. <laughs> yes, absolutely, they will, and fuck them. Honestly, you know what I mean. Like, w- we ain't got time to be doing. It's all not this Black week. History Month. I don't remember everybody's name. <laughs> I do like the idea that if this came out during Black History Month, you would feel terrible. You're like, damn, it's Black History Month. I should oh, be, That'd be some good vengeance for you, just keeping in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> like, next February, this motherfucker's gonna get it. Yeah. So, so I want to unpack a little bit of the Ethiopia part of it because you said mm-hmm. you're from Ethiopia. You you are of Ethiopian descent. And that's exciting for me because it actually, in the reading that I did, it looks like Ethiopians across the world sort of are self-identifying as sort of like the Wakandans of of fiction. That they're saying that that yes. it is very clear based on their own research that Wakanda was based yes. on was I'm, the inspiration for. I'm for from Wakanda. an arrogant, arrogant country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, the, yeah, they're the not. That we were never colonized. Which ooh, that we rub it in. <laughs> yeah, they're not approaching this with a lot of humility from the reading. Not at I, all. I did. I met my parents. There's <laughs> <They're> no <laughs> humility. So, so one of the things that it looked like uh, they they sort of point out is that during the late 19th century, when European countries basically decided to divide the entire continent, the largest continent, it's worth noting, for their own taking, Ethiopia remained untouched. And during the Middle Ages specifically, it was sort of considered like this mythical Christian kingdom of great wealth surrounded by all of these hostile Muslim states hidden in the mountains. So yep. it's it like kind of had this haven quality that Wakanda suggests it has yeah. in the actual film. Yeah, because Ethiopia is uh, one of the first Christian nations. Uh, Armenia and Ethiopia are two of them. Like we beat the Roman Empire, both of us, by seven years. And Damn. It's always been a source of pride. But unfortunately, there's also it was a source of issues for the Ethiopian Muslims and the Ethiopian Jews because they were there and everyone was like, Oh, you're all in charge now. Uh, sure, yeah. It it was a Christian nation, not yes. a a nation filled with Christians, yes. which meant I assume that a bunch of people got their asses whooped. Yes, for uh, not being down <laughs> with always. Jesus Christ. And one particular reason we were never fully colonized, uh, we were definitely a trading spot for a long time. But also, more importantly, when the European countries started doing a big sweeping colonization. The country that was assigned to us for colonization was Italy, and uh, it was after they been they they failed for for a long time. 
So we got Italy after Rome was fully done and yep. it's, uh, barely getting its shit together. So they, they managed to colonize one country and then they came to Ethiopia and we were like, nah, y'all, y'all ain't strong enough. Yeah, so I, I write about that and it, it this the first attempt or one of the more major attempts, and I assume they attempted a whole bunch of times previous to this, but one of the major attempts at colonization from Italy happened in 1896. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons that the 20,000 Italian troops that came into, into Ethiopia and that we were only fighting 10,000 Ethiopian troops. So y'all were outnumbered like a motherfucker yeah. fighting these Italians. But one of the main reasons you were able to beat them off was because the emperor Menelik, am I saying yes. that name right? The second? Uh, Menelik, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the he had already invested, apparently, in modern weaponry. So in the rest of, you know, these other surrounding yeah. nations where they were still sort of fighting in more traditional tribal ways, yeah, he was like, nah, I'm getting swords. fucking guns and I'm going to blow y'all back out. Yeah, that's because they did. That's they, they assume like 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 a lot of them, like all oh, these all these major savages, like Ethiopia is one of those civilizations. So when we found out modern weapons was something we can trade, we immediately did that. <laughs> yeah. So they they showed up thinking, you know, we'll ride in on our horses and they'll be terrified of us. And he's like, dog, I got a machine gun. I'll kill you. <laughs> like, we know how to use these. <laughs> yeah, this is not, we're not dum-dums over here. Which I do think, to some extent, again, supports this sort of like, this suggestion of a technologically advanced nation. Yes. And a lot of the reading that I, I sort of fi- found is saying that Ethiopia in particular is not necessarily a super technologically advanced nation, but it seems like there were periods where y'all were sort yeah. of at the forefront of some shit that these surrounding yeah. nations were not. We were on par with every civilization for a long time. Yes. We were a leading country until... Uh, World War Two, and after that, it, like, not like getting like that's a civil war that went on forever that really caused Ethiopia to become a third world country. It was first world for generations. So, like, so the two oldest civilizations, right, are Mesopotamia and Kingdom of Kush, and the and Kingdom of Kush is the Ethiopian one. So we're talking about Whoa. since the dawn of time, and also the oldest uh, humanoid was ever found uh, skull was Lucy, also found in Ethiopia as well. So my bloodline is old as fuck, and back I, to the dawn I, of humanity. <laughs> Oh shit! You can trace it back that far? No, we can. I can't trace it back, but we know that the old uh, skeleton is found there. So right? We're no, all I, I, I know Lucy. She was bad, dog. We were I'm, I'm her. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my bloodline stayed in the same place. So. That that also supports so much of the sort of like I guess creation and advancement of other parts. Or, or sort of the things that we now take for granted. Like, I imagine that Ethiopia in that same way is responsible for, like, the invention of, like, types of mathematics, types of mm-hmm. architecture, types of sort of, like, structures that exist in our actual society. Yeah. That, that at this point, it's existed for so long, you can't go specifically, they did it. But these motherfuckers probably did it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I feel like there's, like, a bunch of stuff that was created around the same time between all of the the Middle Eastern part of Africa and the Middle East too, and but there's, there's things like we, that we know we for sure invented. Like coffee was invented by Ethiopians. And Damn. When you think about something like coffee, that's like a fucking when you you become like a trade center with that because that's like and that like that spreads throughout the entire world now. From yeah. One specific source. 
No, everybody. I, there's not a nation on this uh, on this planet. Probably there are probably a few, yeah. but there aren't very many nations on this planet where they're not. Uh, coffee isn't an an important oh. essential resource, so that's that's huge. So vibranium is coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, we invented vibranium and look, uh, Folgers salt was a currency at one point. Why couldn't coffee be <laughs> like an amazing resource? I think I think the story is like a goat farmer like just saw how his his goats were all buzzed up eating cherries uh, from a plant that happened yeah. to be where the coffee bean came from. But I do think I think to that point it the vibranium right has probably been something else at different points throughout yeah. history. So at one point vibranium was just salt. It was fucking spices and shit. And certain nations had the the thing that everybody needed. And it took trade and it took colonization and all these other things for other people to gain access to it. That said, coffee probably represents that same idea that at one point it was vibranium and now Mm -hmm. vibranium is everywhere for everybody to to access. Although we probably still steal it and kill people for it and quietly pretend like we don't. Oh, yeah. No, the the amount of wars over agriculture that we pretend don't exist, uh, they do. Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> but now the wars are about oil, and that's the dumbest. Because like that's like that resource is the worst of the resources. I think that's what got like that's how that's the downfall of humanity is that the resource we're fighting over is like the the one that's the worst for mm. all of us. <laughs> that's actually a really astute observation. That like if we were still fighting over salt, we mm-hmm. probably would be able to manage this a lot better than if we're fighting yeah. over something that truly is melting our planet yeah, it's like, at its core. Yeah. And people, because people are like, Nick, you can get salt anywhere. You can make salt. You can yeah, create yeah, salt. Yeah. Same with spices. Like spices were so fought over. Like, and people just were like, oh, I just had to create an environment to make these spices. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. Is what it is. <laughs> and then we got to that point. Now we don't fight over that shit, even though it literally <laughs> murdered millions. <laughs> and is a reason causation even happened. But like, what if it's a source that can be taught to recreate? Then the fight for that source stops happening. Mm. Damn, you woke up wise today, Solomon. <laughs> you, I, I don't know if this is your wisest day, but it's got to be top ten for you. It's one thirty in, in Minneapolis, and I had like three coffees. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another argument that people make for Ethiopia potentially being the uh the source right that the black panther the character of black panther uh, who was created by stan lee a very brave white man uh, <laughs> it first appeared in 1966 right the character first appeared in comic books in 1966 which was three years after ethiopian emperor Haile selassie visited the united states and president jfk treated the world to like the spectacle of sort of like this African royalty and his centuries old lineage. So it it sort of works in in tandem, right? Where in theory Stan Lee sees him visit mm-hmm. the United Na- the United States, goes, yo, this dude's kind of regal and dope and comes from like this history that we don't know. And yeah. then ultimately potentially creates this character from that. Idea. That doesn't make sense. Um, but unfortunately, Haile Selassie got played, and it was the downfall of the Ethiopian Empire. 
So yes, it doesn't <laughs> look as much as I understand that Ethiopia being Wakanda sounds great. Uh, Ethiopia, most of its downfall was caused by uh, internal fighting and civil and, and uh, civil wars, which is happening currently. Right? Is are, you currently, guys are sort of in the middle of a civil war even now? It's yeah the and it's it's in for, it's, so I'm from Tigray, which is the current place that's uh, being fucked over. But it's it's a very difficult situation because when we were in power, because we were in power before, and we also did a good chunk of killing as well. So a lot of uh, back yeah. and forth on the genocide uh, between uh, two cultural. <laughs> <laughs> Ethiopia uh, split up in ethno states, and that is not yeah. a good way to split people up. So like the like. Like the capital, like Addis Ababa, like everybody there is mixed together. No one's fighting. But, you know, like any other country, the states in the middle of nowhere, separated by ethnicity, are going to rile up and do some Yeah. No, 100%. And in in an interesting way, it feels like while that is sort of like the downfall, as you're saying, of sort of Ethiopia's, at least like its its greatest successes, Mm -hmm. it it also does feel like it has at least a quality of some of the things that we saw in Black Panther, that like some of that infighting is maybe reflective of that same sort of breakdown, right? Of like the big monkey motherfucker wanting to fight T'Challa is (laughs) not, is not. Oh, I forgot about that part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Conceptually false to what you're describing. Yeah. Well, damn, I guess I was born in, from Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Dang. Devastating if true. Things <laughs> <laughs> flipped on me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll be back with more Solomon Giorgio and more My Mama Told Me. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano. Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Solomon Giorgio. More my mama told me. Oh we're still my talking. God. We're still talking about the possibility that Solomon is is born and raised of Wakandan Condon. heritage. That he is, in fact, secretly Wakandan. Has this at all changed your position on the white the white uh, vibranium, the 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 ownership of of white uh, no. vibranium? No, no. I feel like that still exists. I think we got played as a country. Damn. I think that's what happened is that that source is now underground in Ethiopia and I'm going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find this white haven and this precious resource because it's there. You got <laughs> to get it's, back it's, home. I feel like it should be along the Nile and we are like where the Nile ends. Yeah. So it's somewhere down there from, from Egypt, Sudan and Ethiopia. It's one of those one of those three countries. You got to get back home and you got to flex. You got to flex on them. You got to be like, I have a Comedy Central half hour. Treat <laughs> me with the respect that I deserve. Let me let me source this country for its actual resources. Let me get my shit. If you think shit. that's a way to get respect in Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got a Comedy Central. The fuck is Comedy Central? <laughs> oh, boy. Damn, I was gonna flex mine when I went there. Now I <laughs> go, rethink. Good luck to you in that journey. I... <laughs> so we talked a ton about Ethiopia, but as it, it it turns out, Ryan Coogler, the film's director of Black Panther, actually says that the the greatest inspiration for Wakanda was not in fact Ethiopia, but came from a Southern African nation called Lesotho. Are you are you familiar with Lesotho? No, I'm not familiar with that at all. This is brand new to me. Yeah, so apparently it's super close to South Africa. I think it borders South Africa, and it's often referred to as Africa's kingdom in the sky. It's the only country in the world to be entirely above 1,000 meters in elevation, and it has the highest, lowest point in the entire world at 1,400 meters. So Lothoso also boasts 300 days of sunshine a year. So it's basically like this high-ass paradise in South Africa. Sounds hot as hell. Yeah, but is here's here's what's also crazy because of the high altitude of this country. It's also one of the uh, one of only two places in the entire continent that can house a ski resort. So it's hot as fuck, but they also have mountains where you can go fucking skiing and shit. This place is pretty crazy. 
all right, these are some fancy Africans. We don't, I've never heard of them before. <laughs> I need to have a conversation with them. They're going skiing in Africa? Yeah, dog. Unheard of. <laughs> they doing it all. They 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 ski. They got sunshine. They're truly living that, that California bullshit where they go, you can go skiing and go to the beach in the same day. Like, apparently, you could just do that out there. Okay. That's just wilding. I can't. I got I to gotta go to this place. It, it's pretty popping, it sounds like. Similar, this is another uh, great argument for it potentially being the Wakanda that was mentioned in the film. There's very little mixing in this nation. It's a, a super homogenous nation. In fact, 98% of the country is made up of a people from the Basotho ethnic group. 98% of these people are all that one thing, just like Wakanda, where they refuse to sort of like leave yeah. the nation intermix with anybody outside of it. They're all, they all do the same shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm, look, no one shows strong genetics when it comes to incest like Africans do. I'm like five <laughs> generations deep and I'm still six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you got a fucking cousin, to make sure that you're you're not inviting, I think that's that's a solid choice. Here's here's the last piece of in- information I'll tell you about Lesotho is that it it has practically 100% renewable electricity thanks to the Lesotho Highlands Water Project. The network of dams exports water to South Africa and provides almost all of Lesotho's power needs through hydroelectric energy along the way. So these motherfuckers are living clean, they're living high, they're skiing, and they're fucking their cousins. It sounds like paradise. That sounds like the best place in the world. I <laughs> And they only got occupied by by Britain for a little while, it sounds like. I don't think Britain like got to stay there too long. Oh, that that's like cries like them to walk up a hill. The Brits can't handle that. <laughs> yeah, no, is they're like, I can't breathe up here, dog. You can have it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go fuck my ugly cousins on the ground where it's safe. I can't. Uh, now I want to I want to go to this place. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I don't know what their day-to-day looks like. I didn't I didn't dig far enough to know if like, oh, it turns out that they their lives suck. They just have a bunch of like sexy shit on paper, but it sounds pretty dope on paper. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to dig deep. And then they're like they just, <laughs> They're like, we just kill outsiders. And they're like, oh, okay, that's why. Oh, that's I why I can't go. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, like, yeah, all these, these are all just murder houses around here. So, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I will say, and I've heard, and this is just from my research, and I've heard they respect Comedy Central half hours there. So, so different than <laughs> Ethiopia, they'd be very welcoming to you and I uh, with our, our, 21 minutes of TV time on a dying <laughs> network. I choose to believe that. <laughs> I will choose to believe that is true. <laughs> that, that they watched my half hour. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, we got we to gotta build this nation up. We got to make it beautiful for when Solomon finally decides to join us. Oh, man. They, no, no, no country is currently doing that right now. No. So so I say all of this to say it seems like some of the sourcing was pulled from multiple places, yeah. right? That I imagine that there are elements of Ethiopia, there are elements of yeah. of Lesotho and all of these things, and probably other places as well across the, the African diaspora. That yeah. said, I don't think any of this refutes the potential that white people are doing exactly what white people have done for generations, 
by uh, sourcing material and, and hoarding it and keeping it from everybody across the world. Yes. It's, it's all it's all here. It's very it's all very true. I yeah, I'm I agree with you. These are good these are good points. Your research is strong. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much. That's all I needed to hear. I'm gonna stick to my guts is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I, I think it's a fair choice. And and frankly, I think we did it. I think you nailed it. Could you, Solomon, tell the people uh where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? Um yeah, I'm Solomon Giorgio all across the board. If there's another Solomon Giorgio out there, you can take them down for me. I respect that. Uh and uh <laughs> kill him. Kill him dead. Kill kill him dead. Uh take him to Wakanda. <laughs> But yeah, I yeah, just check out the podcast, The Juice. There's a few episodes out and more coming out soon. And that's all I've been doing lately. So Hell yeah. So follow Solomon and, and listen to The Juice. It's uh, with the Team Coco Network. And uh, as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman. And please, if you decide to send us drops, your own conspiracy theories, whatever the fuck, you know, you all send crazy shit. Send it to my mama pod at gmail.com. I would love from, to hear from you. Otherwise, that's it. Bye, bitch. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.